0: Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 162. You know, every time I think I'm properly skeptical, something comes along and reminds me of how truly naive I am. I was just going back over the last year and thinking about all the lies (laughs) that I believed. I believed the lies about HCQ, about about ivermectin, about you know the 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 bigotry and the insanity of the lab leak hypothesis, about how lockdowns were going to do this enormous amount of good. I I believed that protesters were tear gassed for a photo op. I believed the story about the Taliban bounties. I. Well, I kind of believed Russiagate, although that one always seemed a little extreme. But I believed the story about, you know, quote, good people on both sides. And, and looking back, you know, it's discouraging to realize how easily fooled I was. Blind faith in our dear leaders <laughs> is understandable. It's easier to just trust the guy at the podium. It's just easier. You don't have to think. You only need to obey. Anyway, on a more positive note this week, El Salvador is officially going to accept Bitcoin as legal tender. And, you know, this isn't a perfect proposal. There are still things that are questions that need to be worked out. But at least right now, I think it's important to watch to see who's on the side of the decentralized platform that is disrupting corrupt institutions, <laughs> and who's and who's against that, right? So on one side, people shaking their heads and being like rah 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 rah, and that includes Elizabeth Warren, who you know I used to be a huge fan of until she seems to have completely lost the plot. But not just Liz Warren, but the IMF is sort of you know shaking their head, and now of all people. Elon Musk is getting, you know, his underwear in a twist. And on the other side, you have people like Suarez in Miami, Abbott in Texas, you have Wyoming, and I know what side I'm on. I'm on the side of the people who are trying to create something that is going to help disrupt these corrupt financial and, and other institutions. I'm on the side of the decentralization. Another really interesting story this week that got me thinking was about how these large institutions that are often pension funds are starting to buy up all the real estate in an area and then turning it into into SFRs, which I think stands for single family rentals. And just thinking about this some more, you basically have at this point a very unequal playing field to purchase homes between institutions and individuals. And there's three kinds of institutions that are really coming into this space and wielding a disproportionate amount of power. And the first kind is the iBuyer, which is basically an institution that is buying a property, often sight unseen, based solely on data. And these can be hedge funds or private equity funds that have an enormous amount of capital, very low capital costs, they have advantages to scale, and they have better data, right? That's the real trick. If you think of someone like a Zillow, and the amount of information that they have on every property in a neighborhood, they can make Better decisions faster, and then you just have the pension funds, right? As this second group, you know, where they're distinguished by having no taxes, right? <laughs> right, because because they're pension funds, and so they have a lower cost of capital than a homeowner. And then finally, you see all these companies springing up. And this has been going on for a while to buy lots of properties in a market and then Airbnb all of them. And this makes a ton of sense. They get the benefit of scale. They have local network densities. And obviously, this is great for people like me who travel a lot, but it's terrible for the people who live in those communities because you just have this transient base of residents and the population density goes up and you're just surrounded by a lot more strangers. Anyway, the bigger point is that you now have these three different types of buyers, iBuyers advantaged by data, pension funds advantaged by tax rates, and Airbnb institutions advantaged through this alternate use. And, you know, what chance does the average homeowner have anymore competing for like a nice single family home when he's put up against these institutional competitors? And, you know, something about it really Rubs me the wrong way because I feel like this is something where the average person, the average Joe, (laughs) the average Joe or Jill should, you know, sort of have the feel to themselves at some level. I feel like that's healthier for the country. Another story that caught my eye this week was the Colonial Pipeline hack. Not the hack itself, but the CEO testified in front of, I think, a congressional subcommittee or something that all the people who know how to run the pipeline manually, in other words, the people who can do it by themselves without relying on the computer, (laughs) all those people are dead. (laughs) They're dead or they're retiring or they're retired. In other words, in five or ten years, the institutional knowledge base. Of these pipelines is going to be gone forever. There is going to be no one who knows how they actually work. There's going to be no one to teach the next generation. And we're going to be completely reliant on. The machines, okay? And again, this comes back to my theme that AI mastery, where we are slaves to the machines, has already occurred. We just haven't noticed it yet. But more and more, we're going to find ourselves completely helpless when the machines go down. Okay, final story, and this is the big one. The FDA has approved a treatment for Alzheimer's. The drug made by Biogen helps to break up the beta amyloid plaques in the brain. And the only problem with this is that beta amyloid plaques don't cause Alzheimer's, okay, any more than umbrellas cause rain. This is actually a case where it is correlation and not causation. And that means that this Biogen drug doesn't work. Okay, you don't just have to take my word for this. At a meeting in November, the advisory panel that helps decide or helps advise the FDA on which drugs to approve voted 8 to 1 that the data was insufficient to show that the drug worked. But it gets worse. The studies were changed while they were still underway in order to allow some of the patients to get a higher dose. And for anyone who understands how clinical trials have to work, that is verboten. That makes all the data garbage, okay? but it gets worse. The studies were stopped roughly halfway through because it looked like the drug wasn't working. Surprise, surprise, because it doesn't. And again, any study that stopped halfway through is a garbage study. You would have to do it again, but it gets worse. Biogen took the data and then reinterpreted Okay, They looked at it and changed the methodology of analysis retroactively after the trials had stopped. So they came into the study with one approach, and then once they saw the data, they changed the way they analyzed the data, okay? That is, again, absolutely forbidden. That is p-hacking after the fact, and it makes the conclusions garbage. But it gets worse. Here's someone who actually says it's a good trial and a good drug. He's Paul Eisen, and he's the director of USC's Alzheimer's Therapeutic Research Institute. And he says, my personal view is that the drug is an effective therapy, end quote. One little caveat to this, Eisen gets paid by Biogen. Okay, so his testimony is worthless. It's garbage. Okay, but it gets worse. 40% of the treated participants in the trials developed severe side effects, brain swelling. Okay, so you have a drug that doesn't work and has significant side effects for 40% of participants. But it gets worse. The FDA is saying, well, look, we're going to ask for a third study just to make sure that we did this right. And Biogen came back and said, absolutely, we're going to complete that trial by 2030. (laughs) But it gets worse. The studies were restricted only to people with early stage Alzheimer's. But the FDA, in their infinite wisdom, approved the drug for all cases, cases which were never even subject to these insanely garbage clinical trials in the first place. But it gets worse, okay? The Institute for Clinical and Economic Review recommended a price for the drug around $6,000 a year. Biogen, in their infinite wisdom, is charging $56,000 a year. Now, that's the charge master price, which means insurance companies can negotiate. But guess what? 80% of Alzheimer's patients are on Medicare, and Medicare, by definition, is not allowed to negotiate price. But it gets worse, okay? Because other drug companies now see a route to approval for a drug or a mechanism that does not work, that is going to limit investment in other potential therapies that might actually work because there's already a proven path to approval right through beta amyloid. Also, let's say you actually have a treatment that works. Where are you going to find volunteers for your clinical trial if there's already an approved drug for them to take? So this is where we are, okay? Rather than trying to address the rain, we're going to start paying $17 billion a year. $17 billion a year, and maybe more, to destroy umbrellas. (laughs) Now, this is a complicated story with a lot of moving pieces, but let's step back for a second. A non-elected government bureaucracy has ignored the unanimous vote of their own selected council. They have approved a drug where the clinical trials do not show efficacy. They have approved a drug based on trials that were stopped, that were changed, and then retroactively analyzed in a different fashion, which is 0 for 3. They have approved a drug for a group of people that the trials explicitly excluded. It's, it's, It's unbelievably awful. It's an unbelievable failure, and I hope it makes us question other things that are going on in the healthcare space. Let me just put it that way. On that note, that's all I've got this week, and I'll catch you later.